What does it take to keep a 140-year-old meat processing company thriving in Rochester, New York? We've got that answer and more in this episode of the Food for Thought podcast. Hi there, my name is Erin Hallstrom, and I'm the host of the Food for Thought podcast. Today's guest is Julie Camardo. She's the CEO and fifth generation owner of Zweigel's, a meat processing company based out of Rochester. In the next half hour, we cover a lot of ground. We talk about what it was like growing up in the family business and how she, and the company, give back to the Rochester community in ways you won't believe. We also talk about what it's like to be a woman in a male-dominated field and how the women who came before her helped pave the way to make Zweigel's the certified women-owned business it is today. Enjoy the episode. Julie, welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. Thank you, Erin. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Let's let the audience get to know you a little better. What is your role at Zweigel's? My role at Zweigel's, I'm the CEO owner of Zweigel's, and it is a fifth-generation family-owned meat-producing business in Rochester, New York, which is in western New York for those that aren't familiar. We make great-tasting quality proteins, for over 140 years now. So those five generations, we're in 141 years this year and very excited. Some of the products, if probably a lot of listeners are not familiar, but what we're most well-known for are our red and white hot dogs. But here in Western New York, we call them hot. We also make sausages, so our classic sausages, such as Italian sausage and bratwurst. And then we do a variety of chicken sausages. We do meatballs fully cooked chicken breast and fully cooked sliced chicken breast. And then we do breakfast sausage patties and links. And then our latest venture is we're working on um, vegetarian products as well. Some of what we produce is under our brand of Zweigel's. And then some of the products that we produce we co-pack for other companies or we private label for companies such as um, hopefully a lot of people have heard of Wegmans or Aldi's. We do some private label as well. You're the CEO of a family-run business. Can you talk about your career progression from office and sales work to now CEO? You know, when people ask me, how long have you been in the business for, I generally say my whole life because there's a lot of great family memories that I have coming down to the plant at Zweigel's and um, on weekends where we would, you know, my mom would pick up time cards because she worked part-time or we would go into the plant and we'd walk around and check things out and we would always have work, there would be something, some small work my sister and I would do on our school breaks, we would be here. That's where we came and we did office, various office work, um, although that's not quite what you mean by office work. When um, I was in high school, I did a lot of, uh, I, I would fill in over the summers for people that were on vacation and I would work at the front desk, um, greeting customers, I filled in um, on you know, for people that were in accounts payable or accounts receivable here and there. But it was really in college when, uh, over the summers, when I did get my first experience on the plant floor because we needed to be 18 years old. And that was when I worked in the packaging side, and my job at the time was um, putting hot dogs in packages, packages in boxes, and getting, that, getting them ready for shipping out. So that was my primary responsibility for one of the summers. And then I spent another summer in college interning, working in the sales area and helping out, um, going to different stores. I would visit customers. I would talk to customers, 
get to know them, and then obviously help fill themselves and take their orders um, or answer any questions that they had. So that was probably those were some of my first experiences at Weigel's. But after college, I did I did move away. Um, I lived in Syracuse for the for a year. I uh, was a Jesuit volunteer, so I don't know if there's any Jesuit volunteer corps members out there, but I was a Jesuit volunteer corps member in Syracuse, and then I lived in Baltimore for about five years, and decided I wanted to move home and truly see if the Weigels was something that I wanted to be a part of. My mother and my grandfather were still working at the time, both here at, at in Rochester actively in the business, and I remember calling my mom up and just telling her I was you know, ready to move home, I really wanted to be closer to home, and felt like it was a really great time, and she sort of said to me, she said, well, I don't have a job for you, and I said, well, that's okay. I said, I will find another job, and if there's something that opens up, then, you know, let me know, and hopefully I, I'll fill, be able to fill the position. So in the end, um, my mom ended up talking with my grandfather about it, and it actually was a great decision because there were some job responsibilities that my mom, at the time she was president of Weigel's and my grandfather was CEO, and there were, like any uh, family business, there were definitely tasks that she was doing that she needed to take off of her plate so she could really start to work more on the business as opposed to in the business. So I started to, so I came to work at Weigel's, and um, I you know, it was a good opportunity for me. I got to be more involved in the office setting and taking over. And in that, in that particular time, I started in the office working. Um, it was in the HR part of it. That was probably where my stronger background was. Good for me to be able to work with my mom and my grandfather at the same time as well to get to know them and see how they interacted with the people in the business, to see how they interacted with customers, to try to understand some of their values, as well as for myself to, to, to be a part of, a, of the business in a little bit of a different way, so not on the shop floor, but a little, you know, in the office setting. And, and then at that point, I really loved what I was doing. There were a few changes that I had made along the way while I was in that department and picked up some other responsibilities in the office while other people were transitioning in and out. And then my love of sales of our product just sort of came to the forefront, and there was an opening in the sales department, and it was a really great opportunity for me. So I took the opportunity to um, be a sales rep for Zweigel's and started visiting some of our current customers and opening up a new territory for us as well, just a little bit to the west of Rochester, closer to the Buffalo area. And that truly was, I had, I had a lot of fun doing that. So, and it was a great learning experience for me. It was a little bit of a piggyback from what I did in college, but a lot more responsibility this time around and working with customers and really making sure that I was understanding our quality products and, you know, their, our price points and, and really just working with the customers and getting to know the area and what was out there for our competition, and the challenges of opening up, you know, a new a new area. We were not as strong, and so hot dogs are kind of a funny thing. I'm going to segue for a little bit because uh, those that might not be familiar with Weigel's, but in particularly in, in let's say, the northeast, sort of where you grew up, what you grew up with, there's probably some signature hot dog company that you grew up with, and you will – you will be a diehard, and you will defend that hot dog company and what brand you grew up with 
until pretty much the day you die. And, um, and that's what we are for Rochester. We hold 70% or more of the market for our brand of hot dogs, Weigel's, and people love us here. They're fans of us here. But if you go to the, the east side of us or the west side of us, we have competition. So it, is definitely, it was definitely a big learning experience for me to be able to try to gain some brand awareness in some of those areas. And at the same time, know that in order to grow the business, we need to look to diversify. And that was definitely not something that was, that was a little bit more challenging with my grandfather. Um, you know, he was really proud of the traditional products that were made at Weigel's. And by traditional, I also mean we also made really some old-world um, deli products, things like head cheese and sauce. We don't make those today, although they still are viable products. We just don't make them. Um, they're not as huge sellers for us up here. So over years, over the years, um, time has passed. My grandfather ended up passing away. My mother took on more of the executive role, and then um, I, you know, had started a family of my own and. Um, Continued to work in the sales, hard sales, and our company grew. We were, it was 2004, 2005, and we were finishing an expansion, our first major expansion at Weigel's under my mom. And then my mom had developed uh, cancer, and so I took a little bit of a step back. We needed to find some leadership, and I took on some additional roles within the company. I hired an additional person who was much more experienced in our operations, and we need someone that we needed in order to help us to continue to grow and stay profitable. And that was a huge decision for me, and, you know, it was really great. My mom um, overcame her first round of cancer, which was wonderful, and I was very blessed to be able to, to continue to work with her as she was also, um, she was in the fourth generation of the business. And she was, what I loved about my mom is that, she gave me the opportunity to learn coming back in from sales. I was given the opportunity to learn lots of other departments at Swigel. So I spent time in the kitchen in an area that I wasn't as much involved in as I was before. I spent time, and I say kitchen, so our sausage kitchen, where the product is made, where we add all the spices and ingredients and everything comes together. I spent some time up in our quality lab, helping to understand the types of testing that we do on a daily basis and why we test for moisture, fat, protein, and texture, taste, and bind, and all these different you know, opportunities just to learn more and really, I guess the word is sort of just soak myself in the business as much as possible. And I was blessed to have a, um, a mother who, and a leader who would give me the opportunity to take the time to learn the different departments and to understand the business a little bit more because she did want to see me grow and succeed. Unfortunately, my mom did have leukemia, and it was very quick. She ended up passing away a few months after her diagnosis. So it was pretty quick, something I wasn't quite expecting at the time. But we, we thrived, and we grew, and I was... And I had a wonderful team of managers who supported me in my decision to take over at that time as president of the company while giving the opportunities to other people to continue their job and to grow more within the company and to give them more responsibility as well. And it was definitely a challenging time for me having lost you know, having been a young brother myself and have lost my mother, but also um, looking back on it now, I was grateful for the experience and for the people that supported me in the career. And I continue to support myself in my career just as we continue to have leadership opportunities for our employees here at Weigel. I um, am a part of Vistage, which is an executive group. We have monthly speakers. We, I have a coach that I work with. And I think it's really important that people, no matter what age, you always continue to, to learn and 
involve yourself in opportunities for growth. I want to dig in a bit more and talk about your passion for the Rochester community. In particular, when it comes to the talent pipeline, it's Weigel's and what you've been doing to help find new talent from the poorest areas of Rochester. Can you explain that a little more in depth? Absolutely. So as a background, we, Thrygold has been in Rochester, the city of Rochester, our whole, for all of our inception, so 140 plus years. That being said, the Rochester demographics has changed over the years, and currently, you know, data from 2018 and, and 2020 definitely did not make it better, but we ranked third in the overall poverty among the nation's 75 largest metropolitan areas. That is not something that Rochester is proud of, and when I see that, I know that our decision to stay here in Rochester and solidify our growth and our presence is even more important because we have a job. Our job is to not only make really great quality products, but it's also to help the city of Rochester thrive. And more than 50% of our employees are city of Rochester residents. So if we were to have picked up and moved outside the city of Rochester, it would affect it. You know, a large percentage of our employees would have had to have driven further away or might have had to risk losing their jobs. And what we really thought was important is that because of how the Rochester community has supported us for all of these years, we needed to make a commitment to Rochester. And we did that saying that as we look to grow, we will continue to add jobs and grow the business, and we will look to hire, you know, our more than 50% of the new jobs that we're looking to hire for the city residents are their lower-skilled jobs where people can look to grow into middle-skilled jobs with an average between wages and benefits of $30 an hour, which is pretty impressive considering the poverty that we have here in Rochester. And we're also working with people of definitely different languages. So we here at Zweigels have mostly, it's mostly Spanish and English, but there definitely have been other languages that have that have come here and through many manufacturers in our area. And so it's really quite important for us to make sure that we help do whatever we can do to make sure that Rochester, the city of Rochester, thrives because it's a beautiful city and it has a lot to offer. I mean, it has, you know, it's a city that was built on by, we talked about it's March and it's Women's History Month, so this is the home of Susan B. Anthony. And talk about a very progressive, powerful woman. Harriet Tubman um, was another powerful woman, and she is Rochester roots as well. And so it just it really makes sense to want to stay here and to say thank you and to make sure that we are an example for other businesses to continue to want to stay here in Rochester. Because Weigel has these lower skilled positions, we also have opportunity for them as, as our company grows, for our positions to grow from lower skilled to middle skilled to different trade opportunities. In fact, right now we have a leadership class that we have about 10, 10 or 11 of our employees participating in. It's a variety of employees, people that work in our shop floor, and some people that work in our office settings, and it's sort of a variety of leadership questions, it's personality traits, it's working with other people, it's um, understanding their growth potential and what their future they want to take part of, and so this is sort of our next level leadership group. And in order to make sure that we're successful, in order to try to pull from within as we grow, we want to see if we can't better help our employees to continue to feel that they are important as Weigel's and that there is a place for them in this future. 
and they can do more than when they started first when they came in the came in the door as um, as employee day one. It definitely sounds like this has been embedded in the company's DNA. So I'm curious, how has the company responded to what you've been doing as well as the community? So the company, we've had a lot of positive feedback about our leadership program, about the fact that we have made a, um, a commitment to the city of Rochester. People here feel, okay, I, you know, confident. They have a job here. They have a place where they know they can they can grow and be, and they don't have to worry that we're going to move somewhere. Because I will be honest, the state of New York is not the easiest state to do business with. We have our taxes are higher here, and there are definitely some challenges along the way. But our, but our roots are here, and this is where we started, and this is the community that has supported us through the years. I also know that the community of Rochester has come to support us, and when it came time for us to look to expand, we had really great um, collaboration between the city of Rochester, the county of Monroe, in which we are situated, and also the state of New York. They came to help us to provide us with some guidance and some grants to make sure that we stayed here in Rochester. And we appreciated that because it really did help to make the decision to, to grow here and to stay here. Let's shift to being a woman-owned business. Zweigel's is a certified women's business enterprise. Can you speak to why that designation is important, not only to you or to the company, but also for your community and consumers? I look back at Swigels in our 140-plus years, and it started with two people. It was my great-great-grandparents, Wilhelm and Josephine Zweigel. And three years after the business was established, so it was 1880, Wilhelm ended up, Wilhelm ended up passing away of typhoid fever. Well, his wife, Josephine, and back in the 1800s, women didn't really own businesses, take over businesses, but she figured out a way somehow to keep that business running with four young children underfoot and proved to her children and the fact that she could overcome so much, because I can't imagine in the 1800s what it must have been like, that this was important to her and wanted to keep it going. And so I think I recognize all the way back from that very first generation of the Zweigel family that a women ownership was prevalent. And I can actually trace back to every generation some part of a women-owned legacy, which is pretty rare for a 140-year-old company to recognize that, especially in the meat business. It's generally a very male-driven industry, especially back in the 1800s. And to know that there was somehow a woman who had, not just a woman, but for me, it was my great-great-grandmother, that she had a, um, a hand in making sure that the business continued. So, and, and, it, and it did, and it continued. And it was renamed as Weigel Brothers, but no doubt her oldest daughter, well, my grandfather's mother, worked in the business just as much as Josephine's not as much recognized, neither is my great-grandmother, Minnie's Weigel, but she was definitely a very big part of the business, and part of that was her job in helping to raise her, her siblings so her mom could be able to continue on in the business. And then she worked in the business just as much as the other members. She just was not given the kind of recognition as her brothers, and she could not own the business. So that's just not something women could do back in the day. And so I recognized that. And, you know, when I came on board, one of the – one – 
of the many tasks that I assumed was taking the time to recognize our women, our the fact that we were women-owned business with my mother at the helm at the time, and then myself and my sister, who was also um, a shareholder, and we wanted to be proud of that, proud of the legacy that we had, and recognize and to be able to recognize that being a women-owned business. So just a little bit of statistics in general, about 18 and maybe 18, 20% maybe of the majority, but 18 is in the food industry, is just executive level women. So that you're talking about presidents and CEOs, and that's in the United States. Overall, in the meat business, and so it would just worldwide, there's only, only 5% of women worldwide are in executive levels in the meat industry. So then I tried to drill down a little more. And you're thinking, so think far back to, that's worldwide, and to think of Europe, and Europe is much older than we are, and we're still so far behind in our leadership of women in executive-level positions, let alone executive-level positions in the food industry, when traditionally women were the ones who would be, we would be the ones going to do the majority of the grocery shopping. I know that there are shifts and changes, and especially with COVID in general, but it is still primar- primarily in, falls in the women and especially the mothers who do the majority of the grocery shopping. And so it is really great to be able to help break some barriers as a female executive to know that we, we are, our voice is important because we are the ones also in the stores making decisions. We're, you know, we are shopping for our families or shopping for our children and there are great opportunities for us to be able to have our voices heard. I think it's also really important that as a woman who's an executive working in an area that is still very male-driven, that you work and you network really well with a lot of other people who are in sort of the similar positions. And you're going to find some really great people out there, people who are both on both sides, there are both men and women in the field. And, as you know, as you come with your stories, you come with questions, and you're, you come educated with what you're trying to converse. You, you talk with them. And it's been important for me to know that there are other women out there that are like myself who are kind of in that growth mode, who are competing in some ways against men in that, that male network that they have. And there are some really great men in the network that are welcoming women to this industry and are opening doors and helping us to make sure that our voices are heard as well. But I think for the future that other women see, they can, they can open their eyes to jobs that they wouldn't think they'd be interested in. Maybe they didn't think food was something they wanted to do. But we're on a variety of positions, you know, purchasing, there's quality positions, it's finance, it runs the gamut. It's not only in, you know, working in the sausage kitchen, which was sort of my grandfather's back in the day, you know, that's sort of where women were. They were on the line and they were tying, and then, you know, it was men that sort of did these certain roles, and it's not that way here. And it is very very different, and so I'm very proud to be able to be, not only are we a nationally recognized certified women-owned business, but we are state certified and then locally certified as well, and, you know, I have two daughters that, um, well, I have three children, but I have two daughters as well, and 
it feels really good to have them be able to look up to me and feel proud of who I represent in the community. So not only am I, most of the time, I, you know, of course I'm their mother, and that's probably one of the most important jobs that I have, but also she recognizes an industry leader and as a strong community member speaking out for others in our community and being a voice for survivals, for but also being a voice for other women leaders who are trying to make it and trying to work hard and to have their voice be heard because you're definitely not alone. And there's a lot of people out there who will help support you and just surround you. We've written and talked on food processing about the impact COVID-19 has had on businesses in general, but we've talked less so about its impact on women. I know as a woman, I study this probably a little more intensely than the rest of my team, but numerous studies have shown how women have been hit harder from, from an employment standpoint especially by the pandemic. Have you seen this at Zweigel's and in Rochester? Yeah, so I definitely, it's a really great question that you're asking because here at Zweigel's, I like, and I think I've seen it in this culture that we have. We have a definitely an open culture that whatever your needs are, whoever, you know, your background, it's, it's all important and we support everybody. And we actually have... Since the pandemic started, we have had just as many men, if not more, fathers who have had to take time to be with their kids to help with education or other um, things that have come up during this COVID-19 pandemic than as much as we have had women. Or I'll, I'll say it really is for, for us. I've seen it more for parents. So maybe I'll use that in particular. I've seen a struggle a little bit more here at Weigel due to how schools have had to adjust their um, six-foot distance and requirements in order to be able to stay open. Um, and again, being in the city of Rochester, the city of Rochester schools did not know open at all. So they weren't open at all. So I had, you know, I have 50% of my population comes from the city of Rochester and then a percentage of those parents that also have children that attend the city of Rochester schools. And so there was a lot of struggles. So we, you know, understood that, and obviously there were programs in place. And it, whether it didn't matter what your background was, we had just as many men, if not more, dads or fathers that you know, needed to take time off to be able to support their families as we did mothers in the same respect. Now, I do know what you're saying, and as I have noticed, um, and even personally there have been some struggles where I've had to take some, a little extra time off more than, you know, some of probably my executive level male counterparts to stay at home with my son or because he's my youngest, you know, if he needed to stay in quarantine or if there was something that needed to happen. So I myself did feel it, and I'm not saying that it wasn't there, but I like to think that the culture here at Zweigel's isn't specifically driven by that. And I think as the leader that I am, you know, we, I think it's recognized here that everybody is, we work really hard to make sure everybody feels equally important. And I do know the struggles that women have had in this pandemic. And, and I've, I've read some of the statistics that you're referring to, in particular, women leaving the workplace to, to, to stay back at home, to educate their kids and be at home at school. Um, and where the fathers or the husbands, they're still they're, they're working. And it's, 
been a challenge to see that setback because that's not really where we wanted women to be, yet here it is placed upon you know, women again, and it seems like we're the ones, whether it's we internally feel it or there is that you know, economic difference that women are still struggling. Um, I think I could be wrong, and maybe you'll correct me, but I, if it's 85 cents to the dollar, women don't, or women make about 85 cents to the dollar that a, that a man makes that may be slightly off, maybe depending on the state that you live in. But, you know, even that in itself will affect a family's decision for why a female may stay at home versus, um, uh, um, you know, the male may stay at home and helping with their children, let alone the economic impact itself that COVID has had on a number of people with the businesses that have had to shut down due to so many different regulations in general, we ourselves have lost some business with in, in our food service area. There's a lot of restaurants that have been suffering and, you know, so many of the workers that are there use servers. There's a lot of servers that are females in the industry. And so I've seen that too where it's, you know, living, it's paycheck to paycheck or it's the unemployment checks and it's important. Um, and we have seen a great need and increase in our, in, um, with working with our food bank. I used to be on our local food bank board, Food Link, and I've known that they have had a, such a great increase in the access to, to food during this time frame. And there's just been a lot of families that have been having to overcome a lot of challenges during COVID-19. And women it definitely, I'm sure, have seen a lot, of, a lot more frustrations along the way. I want to wrap up our episode by saying if listeners would like to learn more about the hiring program you've set up or being a woman-owned business, how could they get in contact with you? Yeah, that's a great question. So if they, need, if they would like to get in touch with us, um, info at zweigles.com. That's info at Z-W-E-I-G-L-E-S.com. Or feel free to look me up on LinkedIn. It's Julie Camardo, C-A-M-A-R-D-O. And um, I'd love to reach out and connect with anybody. I uh, enjoy talking with other people who are in the same industry and, and similar fields. Um, I'm part of the Women Business Enterprise National Council, the Certified Women-Owned Business, and also part of the, the Vistage Network for Women as well. Um, it's a great opportunity to network and talk and, and not feel so maybe so alone out there. And I, again, I appreciate being able to be here and share my story or part of the story. Um, it was a, a really fun morning for me. Yes. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being on the Food for Thought podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. I appreciate that, and I hope you have a wonderful day. everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.